Colleen Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. It's been a few weeks since I've released a podcast episode, and in that time, a lot has happened. Coronavirus has spread across the world, causing businesses to shutter their doors and employees to work from home. Unfortunately for musicians, many of whom make a living by playing shows and bringing tours to live audiences, Working from home isn't really an option. Give your favorite musicians some extra love in these coming weeks by giving them a shout out on social media or buying some merch. To lighten the mood this Friday, I have a new conversation to share with you with La Lynn St. Juiced of the Bay Area band The Session. The Session are a six-piece band that combines sequenced synthesizers, syncopated beats, and Lalin's soft, skillful vocals. Their third full-length album, Cyan, came out on February 28th. 
It's inspired by the strength and softness of the color cyan, the tumult of the 2016 election, and personal struggles with depression. And the album features some of the session's most vulnerable and self-reflective songs. In this episode, Lalin breaks down some of the songs on Cyan and talks about the origins of the session. So keep listening to hear our full conversation. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast, Lalin. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. How's your day been going so far? It's good. It's been busy. Um, just been uh, running around a bit and also getting ready for our album to come out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. We're just a couple days away from the release date, so congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I bet there's lots of like last-minute details, or maybe not, but you know, I'm sure it's a busy time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, to get started, I would love to just hear a little bit more background on the session um, and how you all got started playing together. So how long has the project been going on and how did you all start making music together? Well, we've been a band for quite a while now. Um, We're actually coming up on our 10th year anniversary-ish-ish, ish. <laughs> wow. at least from the very beginnings of it, you know, because it started with us getting together, like having these house parties and jamming out with some folks, and um, there were some songs that I was kind of working on and Aki was helping me with, um, he's a producer and band, and, um, and then we just decided we should really start a band, you know, we know a lot of musicians, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it started very differently, um, but it really started to come together, uh, like around 2011 and 2012, we released our first album, and we had just figured that we wanted to kind of explore a new sound um, and just see where we could go with it. So we're at this point, and that's when our lineup kind of changed, and so 2012, we added Chris Stallman on drums, and um, and at the time we had another singer. So we we've really been like a really close group of folks, even through some of the changes. Um, we're a big family, and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's amazing. It's always great to have people who you feel really close to and comfortable working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you really get excited about? The idea of making music? For me, it started really young, at least as a form of expression. You know, I was going through um, grief when I was a little girl, like a, around five or six. My grandmother had passed away and I was really close to her. And that's kind of the first memory I have of starting to make music. I decided to sing for her and to like sing through these feelings. And that just followed me over the years. And then by junior high, like, I was really into um, Tori Amos and Fiona Apple, and uh, I would play, pick out their songs on the piano and sing, and um, and it just stayed with me. And then by college, I decided to try busking, you know, on the streets and just seeing what that felt like, you know, and... Um, so it's just always been a thread throughout my life, and from those busking experiences, I realized I wanted to keep on playing music, and, and then I met Aki, 
studying abroad. And so, and he was just super passionate about music as well. And so that really became um, something to pursue together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How has that relationship with Aki or with other members of the session, how has collaborating with other people either helped you grow as a musician or helped you express, you know, emotions and things that you wouldn't have been able to do on your own? Mm, um, They've helped me so much. Every single person in the band and especially Aki, because, um, you know, he has a very unique perspective on things and I think is very, um, knowledgeable and really helped me to grow in terms of finishing a song and like also thinking about the soundscape of the song and and, um how to think outside of the box and um and with everyone else they've inspired me in so many ways just by their musicality by their dedication to the craft um and so it really my my songwriting and music expression definitely changed from writing music on my own to being in this band where I found a lot more expansiveness, you know, just through their abilities and innovation and, you know, all of our minds coming together. So mm-hmm. it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with the session, you've already put out two full-length albums already, and Cyan is your third one, which is going to be coming out um, later in February. Um, I wanted to talk about this album specifically. Um, I've been listening to it and just am so caught up in all of these songs, so many gorgeous textures and lyrics. Um, What about the color Cyan inspired you, and what does that color signify to you? Hmm. Yeah, I, I was kind of just in this spectrum of blue place <laughs> and, um, I found Cyan, uh, I was brainstorming with, um, Emmeline Lopez, who's done a lot of our art in the past. Um, and, you know, she had suggested, you know, utilizing this, this word to represent, um, my attachment to to blue lately, which, and I think that came because um, a lot of different reasons, you know, the emotional landscape that I've been going through and up and down and figuring myself out and trying to break free of certain uh, molds. And then also the power of the ocean of just, even though it's not cyan color, but just like being, using the ocean as a means of healing and as a place of refuge um and so yeah i wanted to represent this this boldness this power but also the softness of what it means to you know surrender to your own feelings and what's going on in your life um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you're based in the bay area right is that where you grew up i'm originally from la but yeah i've been in the bay for almost 15 years Mm-hmm. Nice. So that kind of idea of the ocean and the water, that's something that's been around you and is familiar with to you? Yeah, I absolutely love being surrounded by water. It's amazing. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I have 
a couple I want to dig into this album a little bit more so there are so many different dynamics and vibes and grooves on this album so I thought it could be a fun way to kind of dive into some of the songs on the album by talking about a couple of them individually um, so the first one that I wanted to ask you about was the song 4 a.m. I think can be a good entryway into this album like you were talking about some of the themes you know revolve around mental state and darkness and light and sleep um so what does this time of day time of morning 4 a.m what does that kind of signify to you yeah I wrote I wrote that song because I had been struggling with some insomnia and And just bringing awareness to myself that part of it was this constant overthinking around what I've done throughout the day to make sure that I was good enough or nice enough or, um, and so that all the, the wheels turning in your mind and, you know, and it's hard for them to turn off. And so, that was kind of just that expression of just I would find myself just up in the very early mornings, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., just up, you know, so mm-hmm. figured I'd write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that where the song started? Did you, like, wake yourself up one night or just, like, lying in bed? And is that how you write or is it more of a kind of, like, okay, I'll sit down and write a song kind of process? Um, I don't, I don't remember. (laughs) I don't think it was in the middle of the night. I think I either, I either had some words already about, you know, this whole losing myself during this time and in my mind. Um, And then a lot of times I get inspired also by the, the music, the production that, you know, Aki will share with me and say, oh, hey, here's something I started. And and then I'll just either riff off of it or maybe I do have something, you know, kind of ready to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, I don't remember. But, yeah, it definitely was written probably in a late night hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So how does that process kind of unfurl once you have that initial idea um, I know it sounds like you work pretty collaboratively with Aki. Um, what does that, that process look like and what did that look like for 4AM of kind of having the spark and then fleshing it out into a full song? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, we do work really closely together and I think the hook came first. You know, I think I was sort of um, freestyling a little bit to what he had just written and and then we were like, oh, this is this is an interesting, you know, the melody of it is kind of cool and interesting, you know. And it went through some iterations. Like, I wasn't sure initially of, um, I made some changes to the verse first. Like, I, I wasn't sure if it should stay in the same melodic way. So I made some shifts there. And then, but yeah, it just really was a very kind of, 
quick kind of easy groove of a song. Cool. And yeah, like you were saying, this song is kind of a little bit more personal and really reflects kind of your mental state and where you're at. Um, is that something that you were thinking about in general when writing the songs on this album? Um, were they kind of more personal than some of the music that you had written before? And yeah, how did that influence how you wrote these songs? Yeah, I think I'm always striving to figure out how to get to a more personal and vulnerable place. And I definitely think, you know, past songs have been that, but maybe less um, explicit. And I'm trying to figure out how to really be a little bit more clear about what it is that I'm saying and what I'm trying to get across. And, and I think this is yet another step in that direction of how can I really share this, you know, and how can I, you know, talk about some sadness and talk about, you know, the self doubt and like, and also no longer wanting to give any more F's or whatever, you know, and just Mm -hmm. kind of, um, wanting to lay that out a little bit more. So I think it's a continual process that I'm in of uncovering how to always be more vulnerable in my music and how to um, sonically and lyrically express that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know that some of your past music has been a little bit more explicitly political. Um, you've played at shows um, dedicated to certain causes like the 2010 Haiti earthquake um, or written songs that are more pointed towards, you know, political systems. Do you view this more personal music also as political? I do. I mean, I always feel like the personal is political. Um, I do, you know, we were... um, Touring and kind of writing some of this record, you know, um, during the last election, and um, and that definitely had an impact in in its own way. Um, but yeah, I think I was trying to to also be a bit more um, granular around the personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also wanted to dig into some of your musical influences um, because on this session there is just such a colorful palette of instruments and sounds. There's electronic aspects, there's acoustic. Um, So I wanted to learn kind of what this blend of music was inspired by um, and specifically the song Don't Answer. I was reading that it was inspired by Nick Drake and also Arthur Barakai. Um, Were these artists that you grew up listening to or who influenced you? Um, actually, I discovered both of them through Aki. Um, he introduced me to Nick Drake, you know, when we first met. And um, then Arthur Verakai, uh maybe a few years ago as well. And so we both would spend a lot of time listening to, to them. And both kind of, um, you know, I kind of also have uh, a singer-songwriter you know, background and and so does Aki, you know, in a certain kind of way, even though he plays bass and produces. Um, he's also really early on 
showed me, you know, a lot of acoustic songs that he had written. And, and so yeah, he, he wrote this beautiful guitar, you know, two dueling, uh, a rhythmic guitar and then another um, kind of syncopated guitar pattern to it. Just when I heard it, it was just, it just took me somewhere. And um, I think since I have been, you know, just dealing with some, some depression, some sadness, and also thinking about the people in my life, also struggling with that, um, it really kind of just, in a way, just wrote itself. Um, and it's one of my favorite songs. I feel like it'll just live in my life forever. <laughs> Yeah, and the music video as well. I know you were talking about the ocean a little bit before and how that was one of the influences. Um, the music video kind of features the ocean and the beach. Um, how did that music video come together? Well, we know this really brilliant team, um, a, a director and writer named Dominic Mercurio, and we worked with him for the title track for our last album, Flames and Figures. And he also works with this brilliant man named Matt Rome. So as soon as we knew we wanted to make music videos, we wanted to hit them up because we just really love um, working with them. And Dominic is super creative. And so, you know, I shared with him the backstories and kind of where I was coming from with, you know, the themes and, and what I wanted to express. And then he came up with this really cool idea around you know this short film that hasn't been fully released yet but we've shared two chapters of it thus far and then it'll all of the it'll be four chapters in total but um it's a really cool story about you know me kind of dealing with some of this stuff wrangling through these different worlds um so yeah, it was a super fun process and uh, our biggest production to date, and it was a lot of work, and uh, I'm just super happy to be able to work with such creative people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see the rest of the video now and kind of see this whole narrative arc throughout all of the songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had you done something like that before, something more visual to go with your music beyond just like a single music video? No, this is our first time um, doing a whole like narrative series. Um, I thought it would be really cool to just knock it all, knock them all out <laughs> and like mm -hmm. have them tie together and like be a cool story. So um, yeah, this was our first endeavor, you know. Well, I love seeing more of that. I feel like that's been a trend that's been really awesome to see in the past couple of years, just the amount of visual albums and gorgeous production. And that's made me really excited in the past couple of years to see these stories, um, you know, see music come to life in a whole nother way. Mm, yes. Yeah, me too. It's a really great way to, you know, just be an extension of the album and also just think, you know, just be creative about you know, music videos and what they are. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. So I also wanted to talk about the song Dive, um, because musically it's kind of a different mood than these other two songs that we've talked about. Don't Answer is, you know, acoustic and it's lush. It's got these gorgeous strings. Um, and then Dive is kind of a different beat. It's more dancey and up-tempo. What kinds of ideas were you thinking about when you were putting together the song Dive? Yeah, um, Dive definitely has a grittier urgency, um, definitely upbeat. Um, and so I had already written some some things down um, prior to hearing hearing it. And then I thought I would try you know, just this line, you know, maybe it's time, maybe the moment's right to open my eyes. Maybe it's time, maybe the moment's right to open my eyes. I want some light, the high of the ride. And it just felt right. It just all kind of flowed. And, um, and to me, like, it just felt like the song called for that, um, the 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 readiness to break through um what no longer is serving me you know to really take hold of what what who I am and what is ahead of me um and so I felt like the energy of the song was really good for that to kind of feel more of that boldness to feel more of that strength it's a really fun song to perform, you know, people love to dance to it. And, um, you know, I just want, I just want to feel powerful, you know, through it. So yeah, it was really fun to create. That was another one that I felt like flowed pretty, pretty nicely in the creation process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listening to it, it sounds like a very dancey song, um, and that's really cool to hear how that was kind of like a cathartic moment for you, and it sounds like kind of a turning point in this album, whereas some of the other songs are kind of more open about feeling more lost or unsettled. This one seems like it really, you know, just snapped into place quickly and kind of dispelled some of those anxieties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's also a part in the song which is really interesting where um, it kind of features your vocals reversed. Was there like an inspiration behind including that? Um, you know, that was Aki's idea. It was really cool. Like, we sometimes like to play around with reversing vocals, which is like a really fun texture to add. I'm, I'm basically just saying a piece from the beginning of it, but in reverse. So, mm-hmm. um, and he and like creating that chaotic nature. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. It's kind of like when the beat snaps in right after that. It's like okay, there's been this hectic, more chaotic moment. This reversed vocals. You don't really know what's going on, and then it like snaps back into place right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been playing these songs live, um, or are there any other ones that you're excited to perform when this album comes out? 
Um, we played a couple of them already in our set um, lately, and then I'm excited to play. Um, we just released a song called Take It All Away, so I'm excited to play that one. Um, and there's another kind of upbeat song called Close Your Eyes that hopefully should be pretty fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm just, oh, and Faster Than Before, um, another song um, on the album that we haven't played live yet that we'll start playing. So that one will be really cool. And that, that song is also in the music, in the short film as well. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a fun week ahead of you. And I'm excited for this album to be out into the world. Oh, thank you. Me too. I really um wanted to see it take its own life. I mean, you know, take on life or, you know, take flight, whatever it is I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is there anything else you're looking forward to in the next year? You know, I'm just really looking forward to getting out there and playing more shows or um, just like really incorporating these songs into the set. Uh, finally, it will be really nice and um I don't know. I don't really know what the year holds, but I'm just looking forward to um, really connecting with people over over this music. And usually, you know, when when we release something, it's it feels really good because, uh, yeah, this it just means that there's stuff for folks to connect with and conversations to have and hugs to be given. You know, so it's a really communal process of like playing music you know because I get to be in this intimate space with a lot of different people you know whether I'm physically there or or not you know so um Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to spending time with everyone (laughs) Mm -hmm. well as kind of a closing question I like to ask all of my podcast guests if they want to give a shout out to someone it could be someone you know personally it could be someone who you don't know who you look up to, just anyone who is either inspiring you lately or who just makes your life a little bit better. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Courtney Fairchild. She manages the session along with other bands. And I'm shouting her out because she is just so amazing. She's so supportive. She really has our back. She has my back um, tirelessly, like giving her all to this mission, to what we're doing. So um, at the end of the day, you just want to know that people care about you and are on your team, and and that's what she does. So, mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, always great to have people who support you and love you who have your back. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for chatting with me today and for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The song that you're listening to now is called Dive, and it's on the Sessions album Cyan, which is out now. You can find more information about the session online at thesession.com. That's the S-E-S-H-E-N.com. The Pass the Mic podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. You can keep up with the podcast and find all of our blog posts at pass-the-mic.com. I hope you're all staying healthy and staying indoors. And let me know what you're listening to while social distancing. 
You can mention us in a tweet or tag us on Facebook at PassTheMicMag. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.